Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Well, I want to thank you. Thank you, Pastor Thompson. And uh, uh, Pastor Sammy says uh, we met in Chicago. And <clears throat> I came with my wife and my youngest daughter, Sarah. It's uh, I have this wonderful woman that she was, you know, 26 years ago, 27, because we dated for about a year. She decided to trust the Lord and walk with me. And I'm so thankful. You know, we don't have a perfect marriage. But, uh, you know, when I think about Moses, there is uh, some things that I will never experience, that I will read and trust the Lord and have the faith that he will deliver people out of. But there is two battles that I fought through my life that I keep fighting. And one has been my marriage. You know, with my kids, we're gonna be grandpas in February. And we're so thrilled, we're so happy. Sometimes, you know, my daughter, she's been married for over almost a year and a half. And I, I really cried when she got married. I cried like a baby. But uh, I will tell you why I cried. I cried because I couldn't believe that we were living that moment. That's basically what I'm, I'm going to be preaching on. You know, it's been a while since I preached in English. Spanish is my main language. My brother Sam said I finished high school here, junior and senior. I came from Mexico when I was 16, and we decided to speak just Spanish at home so our kids won't lose their, their language. And sometimes I see other folks that their English is really good, but the kids, they don't speak any Spanish. And I wanted my kids to keep the language. And, but you know, even being up here, Brother Sammy asked me, could you preach in English a few days ago? I said, I'd rather not. But, hey, you know, I got workers and it's not up to them to do what they like. So it's not up to me to do what I like. And I said, okay, but I thought he wasn't gonna ask me again. And I'm having such a good time yesterday morning with the Lord, then he texted me, says, can you preach in English? I look at it, I go, yeah. So I hope that the Holy Spirit will translate for you tonight. <laughs> because you will need it. And you know, I even asked him to read the, the passage. When I see this, this prodigal son, I see my kids. You know, and I've been watching uh, in, in many churches, I hope it's not your case. We go soul winning. People come to Christ. People, we add people to the church. 
But at the, at the same time, sometimes we, we stay almost in the same numbers. Because we're losing a group. We're losing our youth and our teenagers. And, and tonight, I want to I, I wanna share with you some of the battles that I had in college. You know, when, when, when I was 19, God called me to preach, and I went for about a year to Bible college in Spanish. I loved it. But uh, then I decided to, I said, I don't think this is for me, Lord. I think I'm too young for this. We had so many problems in the church that I was attending. I said, nah, maybe later. So I went on with my life, and years later, my life got bad, really bad. We started visiting different churches because I knew that I needed help. I knew. I was this verbal, violent husband and father. Money was good, but I was just so mean to my kids, so mean. And so when finally we ended up in this church, and the way the pastor preached the gospel, I just loved it. I just knew, guys. I just knew that that's what where God wanted me. And it was kind of funny because I work outside, and I used to work with my crew, you know, hand to hand. So I, in the summertime, I used to get really dark. So I ended up in this church, just white folks. No Mexican, no black American. Here I am in the middle of the summer, me black, and I look at him, a small group like 70, meeting in a gymnasium and elementary school. But I just, I just, when I heard the gospel, I said, this is what I need. You know, finally, I felt like confessing to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner, I'm rotted, and I need you. And I was just watching them. And he finished the sermon. And I just stayed there in the chair and said, this is what I needed. I've been looking for this for years. I went home. They told me that they had evening services. I didn't want to come. I said, they're going to think I'm so serious on this. So I'm not coming back tonight. But I was so anxious. Finally, I was anxious to go to church again, like when I was a kid, because I grew up in the gospel. Finally. So I was anxious for the next Sunday. Sunday came along, and, and he preached. And I said, Lord, I don't know anybody here. There's no one to talk in Spanish. It's just us. But I said, Lord, Let's, let's make a deal. Either I get old right here, I don't know these people, or I wait for you for your second coming. But I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Because finally, I found what I was looking for. My life started changing. I remember, guys, that the service will be over, I will pull my cell phone out and start deleting context. Started erasing a lot of stuff. And I felt lighter. And even 
I was happy again. So when, when God called me again to preach, I went to Bible college. I was 34 years old again. And I had made a promise. I said, Lord, I will never walk away from you again. I will never deny you again. This is it. This is it. So I went to college. And this is where everything starts. You know, college is in English. And I said, okay, Lord, hey, it is what it is. You call me here, and this is where I'm going to school. So I was, I was in the school, guys. You know, one day I told my pastor, you know, hey, God is calling me to start a church in Chicago Heights. And now this church where, I, where we used to go, nice neighborhood, peaceful neighborhood. We live five minutes from it. My pastor says, Chicago Heights? Are, are you familiar with Chicago Heights? I go, yeah, I lived there for like 15 years. He goes, what makes you think? Why Chicago Heights? Why not stay here? I'll buy you a bus. And you can go and get them. But guys, every time that I will witness to someone, funny deal, they will say, oh, we live in Chicago Heights. We won't go to Monique. But wow, but it's only 20 minutes. No, we live in Chicago Heights. It's like God kept telling me, it's Chicago Heights. It's Chicago Heights. And, and I was in college, and one day, you know, I finished high school here, but my, my brothers, who were here for longer than me, when I finished high school, they gave me these tickets, you know, for the family, blah, blah. So I took the tickets and I said, what am I going to do with them? My family don't care for me. So why should I go? Who's going to take a picture of me? So I didn't go to the graduation. I said, I'm not going. So I stayed there. I stayed in my, in my apartment. So life went on. Then I went to landscape designing. I wasn't happy going to school for that. So I had like probably like six more classes to go and I dropped out. I said, this is not me. So when I went to Bible college, I was so happy, guys. I was so thrilled. I said, finally, I'm, I'm going to walk the stage, and my kids are going to see me. I was so proud. But one day, like in the third year, in the song, God says, you need to start the church. I go, no, I need to finish college. No, you need to start the church. No, I need to finish college. So the next Sunday, I go up to my pastor, and I go, Hey, the Lord is telling me that I need to start the church. He looks at me, he says, you know, Adam, you and your theology. If you don't finish college, we won't support you at all. And by this time, we had like 25 missionaries, and we were good at supporting them monthly, very faithful, very faithful. So I thought, you know, they're going to support me monthly because I'm part of here. He said, no, if you don't bring me the diploma, we won't support you. And he says, you know, and on top of it, your kids are little. They're like 9, 10, and 12. You know, if you go to Chicago Heights, it's nothing but gangsters over there. You're going to lose them. Are you okay with that? And I looked at him. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine, I think. I lived there for a while. I know the gangsters. Maybe they leave me alone. He says, no, you're going to lose your kids. So I said, okay, fine. So as I was in college, guys, and said to start a church in Chicago Heights, you know, when I see the prodigal son, 
Then one battle started. One battle. When I was in college, planning to start the church already. A few battles, but one of them, my oldest daughter, in high school, she just started acting up. Acting up. We used to argue a lot. Man. You know, I used to sit in college and say, God, I don't think I'm cut for this. I don't. My, my oldest daughter, it's, 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 it's evil. It's like demon-possessed. She just has this attitude. And this is where, where I want to share with you, folks. You know, when you see Exodus 12, 12, God, before Exodus 12, 12, all these things that he was trying to show the Hebrews, he was trying to show up. This is the God that will guide you, that will lead you in the desert. Before 12-12, before the killing of the firstborn, none of the, those things affected the heroes. None of them. They were just there, you know, just chilling, watching Egypt, you know, getting all messed up. And, and, and they were just, you know, there, but nothing was affecting them. You know, and sometimes we as adults, a lot of things, they don't affect us. We're not a, we don't care for them. And as, when I was with my daughter watching her, one day my wife calls me, she says, you know, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning Betsy's room. You know what I found? And I'm at work, I go, what did you find? She says, I found a bottle of tequila. I go, a bottle of tequila? Yeah. I feel devastated. So I said, I never had a drink. That wasn't my weakness. None of that affected me. None of that. Then weeks went by. We used to argue a lot. Then my wife calls me weeks later. She says, you know what I found out? Well, what did you find? She said, I found marijuana in her book bag. I remember that I just sat down and cried, and I said, I grew up here without parents. I was never part of this junk. I was scared. And I started asking God, God, what's going on? I'm in college. How, how am I going to be a pastor? I cannot even control my kids, my girl. I can't. And then suddenly the devil started visiting my marriage. So I remember being in college and saying, Lord, I don't think I'm cut for this. I, I don't. But you know, we, and then I used to struggle and I say, the Lord, but I, I want to finish because they tell me that they won't support me. And he said for it, he won't help me. So I started the church with those problems. I said, okay, I'm going in, Lord. I'm going in all. I don't care. So through many things, finding a place, praying for my marriage, praying for my daughter. When I see that passage here, you know, I think about Moses. Moses, guys. 
When Moses met with God, there was two things that God showed him, leprosy and the snake. There was the most common things that would kill people in the desert in those days. There was. So here is God showing me, Adam, I'm going to teach you how to fight for your kids. I'm going to teach you how to fight for your marriage. Because these are the main things that these days the devil takes from people. But folks, if I had a stay in that church, if Moses had a stay, if Moses had gone back to his father-in-law after he met with God, guys, he had only wrote maybe reading one page about him. But because he decided to trust the Lord with not good speaking skills, knowing that maybe they were waiting for him to kill him, you know, he wasn't that convinced, but he said, okay, I'm going. Because he decided to trust the Lord. There is five books that he wrote and not one page. Many times we give up too soon. Too soon. Maybe our testimony will take a few lines. You know, when the demon possessed, asked Jesus, can I come with you? Jesus said, no. Don't come with me. You need to go back to your people and tell them all the things that Jesus has done for you. And sometimes, folks, we stay in church too long. Sometimes we read the Bible too long. We need to go out there and tell people what he has done for us. You know, when I see this, this passage, I see my daughter, you know, when, when, I don't know if you saw this, the pictures, how the, the, the place was, the, the, the bar, it was, it was bad. You know, one day I got a phone call. They told me, Pastor, how did you get that place? I've been renting for, five, for 10 years. No, yeah, I've been renting for 10 years. And I rent a garage, not even a regular building. How did you do it? And you know, this is how I fought my battles. This is a step number one. I realized that I had a problem. This is my point number one. I realized that I had a problem. And I had a problem with the people that I was surrounded by. My, my own little congregation didn't believe I'm going soul winning. And guys, when I tell you how to fight for your battle, how to fight for what you want. You know, I remember that, that Saturday, the, the building, they didn't give me the building that Monday when I went up to the mayor. They, they didn't give me the building the day when I signed up on it. No, it's like a baby. You know, in February, I will see my grandson, but that was conceived months ago. And the, the way I got the building, it was one Saturday that I wanted to go so winning and no one showed up. And folks, I called them. I said, hey, are you guys coming to go so winning? It's not a great neighborhood. Come on, let's go two and two. They said, no, we're, we're busy. We're not going. I just bowed my head. 
and my car, and I started crying. I said, Lord, all I want is to do your will. All I want. These people, they don't want to do it. And I have read a book, guys, days before, where it said, there is two ways that people come to church. The ones that you invite, and the ones that they see you, your, your facility, your location, because you're in a good spot. And this Saturday, crying to the Lord, I said, Lord, can you please give me a place where they all can see me? Where, where I'm like a landmark. Can you please? So, through many times that they denied me, that they rejected me, you know, I even before we started negotiating this building, I was even talking to some drug dealers about this old factory that they own. And they were willing to, to sell it to me for a very low price because I said, you need to do some deeds once in a while. <laughs> they said, yeah, we do, right, yeah. This is a good time. This is a very good time to do some deeds. And, you know, when God saw how anxious I was, how bad I wanted, that's when he started opening the doors. Did I cry a lot? Believe me, a lot of times. So when I see this, this kid, they walked away from the Lord, guys. And I saw my daughter in her heart walking away from the Lord. I remember that there was only one way to win the battles. You know what this guy said, this young guy said? Now, I realize that the servants, the higher servants of my dad live better than me. How everything started when he was honest with God. You know, we hear wonderful miracles. Sometimes we, we envy those people. But everything starts you getting right with God. I remember one night, you know, like I told you, even it's been a long time since I preached in English, this is not my hardest day. This is not the most difficult day for me. I'm gonna share the most difficult for me to preach. One night, she comes from work, she's 17, I noticed that, that she was drunk or something. Now I'm getting my sermon ready. We had started the church already. And, and I wait for her in the kitchen. And, and she doesn't want to talk to me. And she says, you know what? I'm sick and tired of you. I'm going to call the cops. And I noticed that she wasn't just drunk. So we started arguing. I said, you know what? I am going to call the cops on you because I'm afraid I will lose my cool, the control. I am going to call the cops. So I called the cops and I explained them, hey, we got this thing going on. Two patrols showed up, two big guys. You know, some, some police officers, they, they like donuts, but some of them don't. <laughs> so I got the ones that they don't like donuts. Young guys. Man, strong guys. And, and I told him, I said, this is what's going on. And one of them, he just went 
hard on her. So the night went on. The following day, we're at church, and she comes to church. Now I'm ready, getting ready to preach. And I noticed that she's still like drunk. And I had a coffee, guys, in my hand. And I remember that they said that drinking coffee helps you with a hangover. My hardest Sunday was there. Handling my coffee to my firstborn, to my daughter, so she could control herself a little bit. She was in the basement. I went upstairs crying. I said, Lord, where am I going to tell these people? My, my daughter is drunk in the basement. I just, I just do it. And I look at this small congregation. I said, let's pray. And I had to help myself from crying. So what, how did I win my daughter's heart? Just by prayer, guys. And I guess as we come to church, we start losing the heaven. We worry about our children, but we don't come to the Lord. You know what this kid did? He said, I'm better off. Now I realize that I was fine with my father. Sometimes we, we as parents, we, we need to realize that we need to come back to the Lord and, and tell him like this kid, he was honest and said, Lord, I have a problem. Lord, I'm losing it. Lord, I'm losing my kids. And guys, there is nothing wrong with once in a while showing our clay feet and saying, call and say, can you help me pray? I'm losing my kids. I realize that they grew up in church. Oh, I don't know where they are. They went away for, for college. And I don't, I don't feel like they're here anymore. I don't feel like they're connected with the Lord anymore. And when I see, you know, the, these kids in my life, and when I see in Genesis 22, 17, guys, when Jacob, fathers, listen to me. You know, Jacob, he was doing great in business. Even if they cheated him, he still survived. He was doing good. But one day, he was coming back home. And his old brother was heading towards him. And Jacob knew that it was going to be bad. Because since he was younger, he knew who Esau was. He knew how, what he was capable of doing. He was scared. What he did, he sent his children and his wife. And he said, now I'm going to get along with the Lord. And the Lord asked him, what's your name? 
It's not like he didn't know. It's like when he asked, Adam, where you at? He knew where he was. He just wanted Jacob to, to admit who he was. And sometimes the Lord will ask you, who are you? I haven't seen you in a while praying. Tell me who you are. Why are you here? Tell me what's your problem. I think with this virus, sometimes we do the same thing before the Lord. We, we put this happy mask on where we hide our emotions. You know, when Jacob came before the Lord said, here is who I am. Here is who I am. You know, parents, the way I won the battle with my daughter, one Saturday, finally I won it. He had these bad friends. I pray and pray and pray for her to come back to the Lord. But what, there was one thing I wasn't doing. I was just praying for her, but I wasn't confessing a lot of stuff that I had. One Saturday night, I said, okay, Lord, here is who I am. I don't even know why I should be a pastor. Here is who I am. I come before you. I'm a man of no prayer. I'm a man that reads the Bible to teach it, but not to apply it in my life. Lord, I'm not a good father. I need you. That night, when I got before the Lord, I, I finally, I broke down before him. And days later, my daughter's attitude started changing. And now, you know, seeing my, my oldest daughter, my, my son, my youngest daughter, going to church, being happy. They play instruments. My oldest one, she teaches. And I feel so, so proud of them, guys. But how did I do it? Because I have to be honest with God. I have to admit before God, God, I need you. I have a problem. He, and when Jacob came before him, you see, when, when we see an <clears throat> Isaiah 43, please, in Isaiah 43, 25, we see this, if you could please go with me, Isaiah 43, 25, please. Isaiah 43. You know, I like what it says, you know, but now that said the Lord, they created thee, O Jacob. You know, at the end it says, I have redeemed thee. I have called thy by name. Thy art mine. Sometimes, we need to go back to the Bible and realize that we are his property. You know, the prodigal son realized, he said, I'm going back to my father. He didn't say, I'm going back to the guy. He said, I'm going back to my father. 
Even if he was in violence, he never forgot who his father was. No, when I think about my kids, I started telling God, God, my daughter knows you. You know my daughter. She's saved. You know her. You know the beauty about God? Whatever belongs to him, he will claim it. Because he's his. And sometimes you need to claim those promises. One of the things that the devil wants is for you to forget to ignore those promises. Because once you remember those promises, they, they give you strength. That gives you confidence. That gives you faith. Once I started reading my Bible more, I said, this is it. All I need is to be honest with God. This is it. All I need is to admit before God that we have a problem at home. Why hide it? Realize we have a problem. One of the things that I started doing, I started praying with my wife. I said, let's pray together for her. And so when I, when I see this in Isaiah 43, he says, you are mine. You know the security that we have on him is that we are his. Since we came to him, well, he brought us to him. Since he saved us, now, now he's our father. You know, in these days with this virus, all this mess that we have going on, we care so much about getting the virus. But one of the things that, that, that we lose him Little by little, it's the faith in God. You know, over there in Chicago Heights, maybe because, you know, we Mexicans, we're known for, to do a lot of legal things. So we're meeting, actually. We are meeting. And, and, and God is being blessed. The, the building holds probably 150 with children. Now it's full. But we've been praying every Sunday. I said, Lord, I know that we shouldn't meet. I know. Please help me. Please help me. I've done things wrong. I, you know, we went to two splits before because I didn't know what I was doing. But please, God, please, Lord, help us. You know why, guys? Because I realized this. Whatever belongs to the Lord, he will claim it and he will protect it. He will. I'm not saying you do it. That's one thing that I'm doing. You know, I have the privilege that today that I was over there preaching, my son preached. Because I learned to fight it. I had to. I had to. The reason God put us through this with my wife, it was because he wanted to teach us how to fight and how to teach how to fight. So when, when my old pastor said, you know, if you go to Chicago Heights, you're going to lose your children. You know what I see now? I see single moms. I see broken families. What I see, I go, if God put my family together, he can put this family together too. If God put my marriage together, he can put this marriage together. You know why? Because when Moses met with God in the mountain, Later on, years later, they had a problem with snakes and leprosy. But there was one thing that Moses knew. He said, I know the God that can fix this. I know the God that can take care of this. I know the God that can heal this. Because he showed it, he, he, he revealed it to me in the mountain. 
That's the reason we sing this song. He's the God of the valley. He's the God of the mountain. He's the same one. And I just love the Lord. You know, this morning I preached on the passion of Christ to, to save you, to protect you. Because he's my, I see this loving God. I see this, this father that says, you know, when, when the prodigal son decided to come back, his father was excited. He was happy. You know why, guys? They didn't tell him, hey, uh, I don't know if you know, but he, he came back. Yesterday? No. He went after him. Because he thought maybe he'd be embarrassed. I'm going after him. You know the beauty of our father is this. He, he waited for him daily. That day when the guy decided to come back, no one had to tell the father he's on his way. No one. He saw him, said, it's my son. He's coming back. Let's throw a party because he's coming back. I don't know how much you feel his love. I don't. But when I feel his love, that really breaks me down. And I ask him, why? Why me? When I have done so many wrong things that offended you, why me? When I walk in the church, guys, there used to be a bar. I see his mercy. I see his love. He's wanting to save the town. And, you know, when a lot of times I used to ask myself, I read a book about King Saul and King David. And the book is called, What Not to Do. And I said, oh, what not to do? Okay. I came to one conclusion. Saul, King Saul, didn't wait for Samuel because King Saul thought that he could do Samuel's job. Sometimes you go like, why should we go to the pastor? Why should we go to church? I can take care of this on my own. That was the problem with Saul. You know what was the beauty about David? You know, Saul didn't take nobody's wife. Saul didn't kill a man because he wanted the woman. David sinned in a way it was worse. It was mortal, a little worse, I could say. But the beauty about David is that he repented. And Saul didn't care. The beauty about King David was that he said, please, I beg you, don't take the joy of my salvation away from me. Don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. I realized that I messed up. And King Saul, he just sat in the dark, meditating and not praying. You will never 
Win your family's battle by meditating. You will win it by praying. By praying. David said, I realize that I've sinned. The prodigal son said, God, I have sinned before you. And then, before my father. Because he followed the order, the correct order. And I'm here to ask you, I don't know what you battle. I don't know how you fight it. But I, I watch boxing once in a while. That, that kind of entertains me. They, they, I take a break sometimes when I'm reading my Bible. I see, I like how they beat people up. I go, man. But some of them, they don't know how to fight. And I realize sometimes we don't know how to fight. We just meditate. But we don't pray. And this is my invitation to you. How do you fight your battles? You know, in the town is a new thing. They have a bar that is a church. They're, they're building and building. It's a beauty. There is only one way we have gone to this point. It's by praying. It's by telling the Lord, Lord, we have a problem. Lord, we need you. There is no other way. Things will happen only if you show up. No other way. That's my invitation to you. I don't know what the Lord is telling you. I don't know what you battle. But I'm sharing with you how I've been winning my battles. How I won my daughter's heart back. How I got a bar. You know, because before the bar, they didn't even want it to sell anything to me. You know what they said? One of them said this. If like what Pastor Thompson said, the ifs. If we are going to sell you a place, it won't be on the main street. If. You know where we are? They, they, they were right. They didn't sell it in a way. They gave it to us for a dollar in the main street. But I had to get my heart right with God. To get it. You know, it, it's not about money. It's about our hearts. It's about, it doesn't make any sense for you to pay some kind of counseling. Save you money and just be honest with God. And tell him, what's your problem? Tell him, Father, tell him, this is who I am. Jacob said, this is who I am. Jacob got along with God. Not even with the wives, not even with the children. He said, I am going to get along with God. So what are you going to do today? Are you going to just meditate? Or are you going to pray? Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series. 